are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What up and welcome to the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Your episode for Thursday, April the 16th, and cutting the round of 32 down to the Sweet 16 today and tomorrow. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City, covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com. Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Hope you guys are doing okay through the shutdown of the world. Hope you guys weren't out at the state capitol. Yesterday, I know you've seen a lot about that on social media, but hopefully we're being smart and doing what the experts say here in Pistons Nation. But today uh, and tomorrow, we've dedicated our last show or two of the week, these last few weeks, to our 64 most influential Pistons bracket of all time and had a fun chat with my boy Beware that's Ben from Royal Oak as well, getting in, uh, getting down about the uh, the Pistons of lore and chopping it up about who should be moving on to the Sweet 16 of the most influential Pistons of all time bracket. So that's pretty much the whole show today. Give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account, and check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash. Matt Shook, I did enjoy watching Game 3 of the Pistons versus the Lakers on Wednesday night on Fox Sports Detroit. Good times watching another victory, setting it up for the sweep in Game 4. Reminded of the great play by Joe Dumars at the very end of the game. Lakers down 3, and he blocks the shot in the corner of David Rivers and uh, not only blocks it but lands real quick and has the presence of mind to jump very quickly and save the ball from going out of bounds right to Bill Lambeer, who was fouled, and the Pistons sealed the win from there. No more Pistons games on the schedule this week for the Fox Sports Detroit Marathon of all these finals games. We've got uh, Red Wings tonight against the Capitals, 8 o'clock. Red Wings on Friday night against the Hurricanes, 8 o'clock. Saturday night, Red Wings and Pittsburgh Penguins from 08. And then Sunday, Game 1 of the 1984 World Series between the Detroit Tigers and San Diego Padres. And then we'll see what they bring to us next week as I'm sure we're going to be locked in for another couple weeks here in the our apartments and houses and wherever we domicile here in the great state of Michigan. And I think they're building up towards championship week, possibly at the end of April. So uh, see all the clinching championship moments there from, of course, 2004 and then 90 and 89 for the Pistons. We'll see the 007 shot. We'll see Kareem's last game and then the Pistons avenge the Lakers NBA finals win from the year before. And then 2004 when uh, game five, the five game sweep where the Pistons Blew the Lakers out of the gym there at the Palace of Auburn Hills. But uh, that's pretty much all we got for today in terms of new stuff. Going to play over the next couple days. Me and Beware talking about the 32 Pistons bracket. I will post the bracket on my social media today if you want to check out what we're working from. And we're cutting it down to 16. Next week, we will be cutting the Sweet 16 down to the Elite Eight after that too. So here's me and Ben talking about the tournament. All right, and now we're being joined by my buddy Ben Beware, and the number four on Twitter is where you can find him, uh, a good friend of the podcast and also the guy who made our music for the podcast as well that I've gotten a lot of great reviews from from people. So, Ben, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. 
Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Always uh, love being part of the podcast. I love uh, listening to the podcast. You do a great job uh, with the Daily Hustle, and it's uh, appreciated as a Pistons fan. Yeah, especially during these times. Everyone's kind of hanging out and at home, and uh, Ben's Beware's claim to fame is as a producer of rap music, specifically Detroit, for the most part. And as everyone's kind of yeah. sitting at home, everyone's kind of developing their new routines of what they're listening to, what they're watching on Netflix. What are some artists out there? What are some new music out there that people should check out to add to the rotation? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I actually just recently, you know, like you said, I'm a producer. I recently put out a project, self-plug here, shameless plug. For sure. Recently put out a project with Malcolm Elliott, who's a local artist. He's really talented. He's a singer, rapper. He plays saxophone, so he, uh, he does his thing. He's open for all sorts of national artists. But, yeah, we just dropped a four-track EP called Me and You. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all that. Uh, the four songs, like 15 minutes tops. It's really good. It's easy listening. It's all ears. I don't even – I'm pretty sure there's not even any cussing on there, so it's family-friendly. I definitely recommend that. Um, some other artists that I would recommend um, – Curtis Roach, he had that Board in the House song that was really popular. Um, Tyga got on the remix to that, but he's really good beyond that. He's, he's been doing his thing for a while. Um, I like Wyandotte as well. Um, Chavis Chandler, Oba Roland. Those are some of my favorite local artists. Um, definitely worth checking out. And oh, I, I like White Rose Moxie too. He's really good too. And of course, Beware is going to be sharing all this other, that information and other stuff that you need to know if you're into music as well, especially with the local scene here in Detroit and Michigan, that's Beware and the number four. But we're yeah. talking about the 64 most influential Pistons Man. of all time bracket today. Excited to whittle this down to, I guess, the Sweet 16 now as we kind of yeah. move on from the second round to the, to the third round. But, Ben, I wanted to give you a chance before we get started. I know you've been listening to it a little bit as we've kind of gone on. What's the, the times that you've heard something or you heard, whether it's a seating, whether it's someone who's already bounced, maybe someone who missed the tournament altogether, where you screamed into your earbuds and said, Matt, what the hell are you talking about? You screwed this up. What was our boner so far that we messed up? On? Uh, man, I don't know. I'm not going to go going on, uh, on, the, on the boner tip like that. <laughs> <laughs> pause, pause. Fair but, enough, uh, fair enough. You know, I think, um, I think there are some fan favorites that maybe – Maybe I have some personal biases. Uh, like a, I came in in the early 90s, mid 90s was my thing. So like I was a big JYD fan and, um, you know, that he was important to me growing up. Just the guys that, that put a lot of hustle into it along the way. So I would have liked to seen him get a little more love. Um, you know, there are some guys like Oliver Miller maybe that could have gotten some Pigs. love that had a, had a little bit, uh, you know, maybe – acclaim whether it was positive or negative uh -huh. but you know they they just had a reputation and i think there's certain guys like that you know that josh smith you know i can see him guys like mm -hmm. that that have a reputation but maybe some of the the guys from my era you know some of like people like that um you know i I'd, I'd say jyd though is probably the one person oh you know who else i was thinking michael curry michael mm -hmm. curry he um you know, I th I'm pretty sure that not only was he like a consistent starter, low key mm -hmm. for a real long time, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the head of the, the Players Association yeah. too, wasn't mm -hmm. he? Yeah, he was the rep. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so he was, um, he, he, was a, he was kind of a big deal beyond just being a, a starter for the team for a long time. I, I really liked him a lot, and I thought he maybe could have gotten a little bit more praise. All great points. And obviously he was a coach too, even yeah. though he, that, I feel like that was, 
uh, a kind of a blip on the radar when they yeah, were going it's, through it's coach still roulette. Part of his, still part of his resume. Um, yeah, but I, sure. I accept all your points, especially JYD. Maybe I believe that that was probably a miss. And mostly because of reasons, like you mentioned, that he was, for people that are our age or around our age, right, that, that teenage years, that exciting yeah. player, that kind of – and had that Pistons attitude, even though that team wasn't yeah. winning a lot of games back no. then. He was like the, the piston that, you know, the, the bad boys generation kind of – as that kind of kept on and, and people like us were looking for those kind of players. I do accept yeah. that. So maybe JYD um, deserved a spot in the 64. But here we are at 32 – He's not on there. Michael Curry was bounced in the first round. And, uh, and, and I guess we'll start up in, uh, in Joe D's division. We don't have to go through all 16 of these matchups too in-depth. Some of them are pretty straightforward. Um, so I guess we'll start with uh, Joe D, Corliss Williamson up against each other, and also Tayshawn and Andre Drummond at the 4-5. Any thoughts on these two matchups as we get started? Yeah, yeah. So just uh, shout out my grandpa, RIP my mm -hmm. grandpa, because he was a big Corliss Williamson guy. He grew up, him and my dad grew up in Arkansas, and so that they were big Corliss Williamson fans because he was the man in college for Arkansas. Mm -hmm. um, Michigan. And I was Beat yeah, the, uh, the Weberless yeah. Michigan the year after yeah. Weber was gone, the, knocked them out on the way to the national championship that year. The one time they made it, the one time they won actually, because he made it a few times. But I was happy when he came to the Pistons, and he was a good contributor on the team. So he is obviously not going to make it past Joe Dumars, mm -hmm. and I think Joe Dumars has uh, has a long ways to go without mm -hmm. putting out too much. But mm -hmm. um, shout out Corliss Williamson in general. Um, Six and then, of the year in 04. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. I actually forgot about that. He mm -hmm. was, wasn't he? And it wasn't the, it wasn't the year he, uh, we won either. It was a year prior, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. But yeah. So year, he was, this, maybe, yeah, the same year that Carlisle won coach of the year. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Alternators. Shout out mm -hmm. the alternators. Mm -hmm. Yes. The other one though, Tayshawn Prince and Andre Drummond. This was actually one of the hardest ones on here. Um, I, you know, it was bittersweet to see Andre go. I liked Andre. Mm -hmm. I think everybody on here has got a sweet spot for Andre. Somebody mm -hmm. that's putting up 2020. It, it's, it, it felt, um, it felt like a double-edged sword sometimes when he was on the court, but ultimately he, he put his, I, he put out 80%. I was about to say he put out his all, but I don't think he did. He put out like 80%, and uh, when he did, he looked good, you know. Yeah, we so. talked about it last week as kind of being a lot of positive from his first half of his career, and obviously the, the success continued to some extent for his entire career, but it just the fact that he was kind of um, reviled by some in the fan base and then just kind yeah. of became a polar polarizing player that still made him influential in his own way. I'm looking up as we kind of talk, and it was 0102 the Corliss won – um, okay yeah which makes sense because that was kind of the year that they ascended to becoming really a surprise team yeah that made the playoffs and made a little bit of a run that's uh, like right when there. they got him too i think isn't mm -hmm. it yeah i believe so i believe so yeah i think that they traded jyd for him actually um, yeah mm -hmm. and uh, yeah the, I'm, uh, with you. I'm with you on advancing uh you know guys with rings we're gonna and not that that's the only yeah. thing that matters but joe and tayshawn gotta move on and that's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm interested to see our guests next week and, and yeah. what they think about that one. I mean, now we're, it's, it's, it's hard-pressed, you know, kind of spoiler alert. I don't see any of these one seeds losing their second-round matchup. But kind of going forward, you're talking about four seeds and five seeds or guys that could have a chance of knocking them off that maybe it gets interesting after that. What do you think about the bottom of that bracket, looking at Larry Brown, a champion and two-time finalist for the Pistons, Mike Abdenauer, 
who we, like no that. one no one was all over that. And then Mark Champion like and Bill Davidson, four guys, none of them played for the Pistons, all outside of player. Uh, vital, though. Vital, all of them, sure. And, and kind of, um, you know, guys, the seated ones, Larry Brown and Bill Davidson being – uh, obviously, no doubt, guys that are really important to the Pistons, but Mark Champion and Mike Abdenau are the unseated guys that are in the spot, uh, kind of behind the scenes, but also big in their own ways. I'm going to straight up put this out there. I think Mike Abdenauer is going to beat Larry Brown here mm-hmm. because a, he was there. He's he's there for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. But Larry Brown came in, and he's there taking care of the team for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You don't have a a well-oiled team that can go out there and play deep into the playoffs year after year after year, like without him. Mm-hmm. And Larry Brown comes in, arguably, yes, he couldn't guess. Rick Carlisle didn't get it done, so they brought in Larry Brown to win. And and who's to say that if they wouldn't made the, if they wouldn't have kept Carlisle and kept brought the Sheed trade in with Carlisle, that that still wouldn't have, they still would have won. Mm-hmm. And you know, to be completely honest, he point. lost. He 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 lost the in the finals the next year, and they didn't get it done in Game Seven when they had the talent to get it done. He mm-hmm. was basically bailing on them in the middle of the the huddle. Yeah, in the who, in the who, finals as they couldn't get it done, and then he dipped the following year. And it's yeah. like, I I love Larry Brown. Don't get me wrong, and. uh but he's a coaching nomad. We got lucky when he stopped through here, and so did he. But at the end of the day, you need Mike Abdenauer more than you need Larry Brown as a franchise. Yeah. So I, I would definitely put him through. You wonder how much the rumors of Larry Brown leaving in 05 had to do with the fact that that team didn't ultimately reach its potential. And you obviously have to give him a lot of credit for getting there in 05 and, of course, everything that happened in 04. But, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I think I'm gonna let. I think I'm gonna let it go. I think I'm gonna let it slide, and we'll move Abdenauer on. I, it, listeners of this podcast know that I'm a big Larry Brown guy. I know Larry Brown. I've had him on the show a couple times, um, and you know, there's something to be said for having that that uh, that transcendent leap that they made in '04. But like you said, who's to say that Rick Carlisle doesn't get that done in '04? Yeah. Who's to say that? It's same vein, like the Jerry Stackhouse. Rip, Rip Hamilton traded, and of course it's a great trade, and of course we look back on it fondly because of everything that transpired. But who's to say that Jerry Stackhouse doesn't win a ring with the Pistons? Yeah, co- co- and correct me, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but but don't Jerry Stackhouse and Rick Carlisle both win titles on the Mavericks? Am I wrong for saying that? Definitely that Carlisle, definitely Carlisle, and I'm, I'm not positive about Stackhouse. I know he was on the Mavericks, but I'm not sure if he was on the championship team. So either way, Carlisle's yeah. a championship coach. He's yes. got the caliber, you know, yes. and caliber when he's got With the Dwayne right Casey piece, as so. his assistant in Dallas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So what do you yeah, think? Mr. Mr. D and Mark champion. You'd like another, I'm going to go. There? I love Mark champion. I respect Mark champion. I, um, I like, I like that. He's a Homer. I like that. He is, um, he goes at it every night and he's actually into the games but at the end of the day you you don't got nothing without without mr d so mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with mr d definitely yeah i'm no with doubt. you there okay uh let's move on to the next region here chauncey and darko what are you, no what are you, question yeah no question either we saw i got the big horse win tonight he's on to the semifinals as uh, as we tape this on sunday night but uh you have any thoughts on darko before we bounce him out from this uh from this tournament were you a believer were you someone who even 
after it was halfway apparent that this was not going to work out, that was still saying, you know what, this could still work. Was, he never was, got the minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never got the minutes. The, like, it, it was like the third, third, fourth year where we started to get like 15, 20 minutes. And I think maybe like once or twice he got like 20, 25 points. And I was like, oh, I remember fiending out to check the mm-hmm. stats sheets for Milchek. And it was just, it never panned out. And I definitely gave him the benefit of the doubt because he had such an upside, you know, in terms of on the paper. Because um, mm-hmm. you never really saw the video back then. But um ultimately, you know, you kind of thought the scouts had saw something and like he just legit didn't get the minutes. He was 19 or something. So you Mm -hmm. thought like the age was on his side, but it never worked out. And he was an alcoholic, bottom line. That was really what the problem was. Maturity was an issue. And you give a guy a bunch of money, you send him off to a foreign land. And and obviously we kind of saw what happened. And uh, unfortunately, like it was, it was a fun time though. You kind of dream like in 04 and 05, you stuck around during the blowouts to watch the end, to see him come in and see if anything can happen. And you're thinking, yeah, three, four, five years from now, he'll be one of the top guys. I'll tell you what though, you know, it would be funny on this bracket and maybe not funny, but I don't, I don't know what (laughs) word you want to put here is if you put Carmelo Anthony right there, instead of uh, Darko and it was Carmelo Anthony versus Chauncey Billups, that whole legacy would be different. You never know how long Chauncey would be on there versus Mello. Mm -hmm. You never know what would have happened. So Mm -hmm. future teammates and Western conference finalists. Yeah. Right. In Denver. Right. We're moving Chauncey on the worm against stack. Obviously This this is a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodman came of age with the Pistons. His uh, off-the-court issues weren't as big of an issue until he was gone. But obviously the fact that he uh, left halfway through his career, not even halfway into his career, is an issue against him on the negative side. Uh, a big part of two championship teams, a really big part of that second championship team, kind of soaking up the minutes when Rick Mahorn was gone after the first championship. And Jerry Stackhouse, a guy who was – maybe the most important player for the team and the time where they transitioned from Grant Hill and turned into the team that would eventually win the 04 championship. Definitely. It's tough. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I, I think ultimately you give it to Rodman, mm-hmm. but, but Jerry Stackhouse was my favorite player on the team. Mm-hmm. First of all, he was the man. He was a scoring machine. Mm-hmm. and he when it was him and Grant Hill on the team at the same time, you thought that that was cool, but when it was just Terry Stackhouse, you thought it was even cooler because he was like, oh, he's the guy that stuck it out. Grant Hill bounced. Grant Hill left us. Jerry Stackhouse is our man. He's the guy, and uh, he put the team on his back consistently. He had huge earrings, diamond <laughs> earrings. He, he was just – he had the biggest fly suits. He was the man. Mm-hmm. There was a huge picture of him when they went back to – they transitioned from teal to red, white, to back to red, white, and bad boy, red, white, and blue with Mm -hmm. Jerry Stackhouse as the face of the team. And here's a huge banner, like 50-foot banner on the side of the Chrysler building on 75. Mm -hmm. And I went and Pat and I – you know, Pat, we went Mm -hmm. and drove underneath it, and I have a picture of myself standing on top of my (laughs) Jimmy posing in front of it, and it's it's amazing. And I was so excited to have Jerry Stackhouse as – as the leader of the team and when they traded him I was really upset about it and uh I I really thought it was a bad trade because I didn't know a lot about Rip I knew he was a winner and I knew he was playing with Jordan but I didn't know like I thought like oh he's just playing with Jordan he's just a a, you know whatever Mm -hmm. Stackhouse the man how could they do this and Mm -hmm. uh obviously it worked out but 
you heard him. You probably, I know you heard the podcast he did recently um, with Woj. He was salty. He's pretty bitter. He's pretty and bitter. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he th- thinks that the team could have been just as good or if not better with him yeah. on there. And now he's coaching with Vanderbilt, doing a good job, but went through up through the NBA coaching ranks. And now the stories come out of some like post game locker room stuff. This is after his time with the Pistons, but that he, he was like, known as one of the best fighters in the nba like you yeah you know nba is hold me back league nobody's actually gonna fight but jerry stackhouse was it was known around the league that you actually didn't want to mess with jerry stackhouse yeah he would, he would drop you real quick with one punch so a lot of respect for jerry stackhouse but like you said i can't i can't in good com in good uh no. good conscience move him over rodman so we're gonna stick with the worm what about Rip and Rick Mahorn followed by – these are two really interesting matchups at the bottom of this bracket because you they have bad, bad boy role players versus going to work more like key players. So yep. uh, Mahorn versus Rip and Sally versus Rasheed with obviously Rip number three seed, Rasheed number two seed. The favorites, Vegas lists them as favorites in this hypothetical matchup, but uh, do you have any reason to believe that there might be an upset in one or both of these games? Not really. Yeah. But I had I had trouble with the um the second one. The first one, Rip versus Rick, was not uh not not no question. Mm-hmm. Rip is a need to have him starter. You don't win the championship without Rip. And Rick Mohorn was literally expendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, they, we found out. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, he was expendable, and they got rid of him for the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. And like they would never have done that with Rip Hamilton. So love Rick, love everything mm-hmm. Rip. Rick contributes to the team. Then now, um, I think he's the man. I think he's uh, he's he's a great he's a great you know piece for in the bat. franchise. But I yeah. don't in bat. Thank you. That was exactly what I was searching for. Mm-hmm. He's a great ambassador for the franchise, but he's he's not Rip Hamilton. Rip Hamilton was just he. When I talk about when I talk about wanting my kid to play basketball, I say, you got to move without the ball. You got to move like grip, man. That's, that's the way to play. Like, come on. He's the most, he's the, man. the most consistent offensive player on a team that needed it a lot of times. Now Chauncey would come and make the plays uh, down at the end and the big, the Mr. Big shot, of course, but rip would kind of carry it for three quarters and wear the oh, other yeah. team down and make the other team's best players, best perimeter players, uh, work on defense even if he wasn't getting the ball even if he was missing a mid-range jump shot I think that that helped that team in fourth quarters have a lot of success so without uh, a doubt I, I've recently in the past uh real quick and past like a few weeks month or whatever since we've been locked down I've been hearing more NBA interviews and I've heard multiple like three three big time players say that rips one of the like D Wade included with rips one of the hardest top five players hardest players to guard in their career and it was just like yeah okay and that people wouldn't think of that, but, but of course he is. Yeah, and that comes when you talk about D Wade. Of course, uh, the third of four needed series to win in the playoffs. You're already worn down. You're going to play six yeah. or seven games against the Pistons. Now you got to run around at literally four miles a night against Rip Hamilton, and that's going to be a problem. Do you have any uh, thought? So, do you like Sally or Sheed in that one, or what do you think about? That I mean, one? I think I think Sheed's numbers are just again. He's like you got to have Sheed to win the championship. Mm-hmm. You don't have him. You don't win. Mm-hmm. Sally, it feels like, you know, you look at the numbers and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not old enough to say I was actively watching those games, 
but Sally's numbers don't look like they couldn't be filled in by other people. Mm-hmm. And oh, that luxury. he doesn't, he's, yeah, exactly. He's got Rashid as an X factor player and you don't have that. You don't have the, you don't have the W's period. Yeah. It tur- the, the bad boys were a nine man team that turned into an eight man team in the second championship when Mahorn was gone. And yeah, certainly there's Greenwood and Henderson and Hastings at the end of the bench, but you're talking about that main eight guys, and that was that's what made them tough. Is they were all eight, nine good players yeah. at that time. But the best five alive, there was a reason that they were five. You know, Rashid uh, was coming into a situation where he was obviously becoming the the starting four and was the guy who uh, was an offensive option in the post. And not only that, he was he'll never be. No one will ever claim that he was Ben Wallace defensively. But as far as team defense and communication, Ben, I know you're a guy who goes to a lot of games and went to a lot of games back in the day too, the communication that you hear from being oh, yeah. the games of Rashid Wallace kind of quarterbacking that defense was obviously important to that team. He was the, and he was like, he was literally the vocal mouthpiece of the team, um, you know, yeah. publicly too, mm-hmm. for better yeah. or worse, you yeah. know, he would, mm-hmm. he would put his stamp on the next game coming out of the, the prior one prior and, you know, like the, he would put the fans on his back. You know, I would be hype when he would, you know, guarantee the game. But, for, you know, sometimes it didn't work out. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like it was like, okay, they, he said this, they got to go hard now. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, they're and, stupid. And, and it was interesting about Rashid is because he was so close with Portland, losing that. They blew the yeah. fourth quarter against the Lakers yeah. in game seven of the Western Conference Finals. And then they go into the Jail Blazers routine. They become kind of a laughing stock of the NBA for a little while. So you knew he was obviously still in his prime when he comes to the yeah. Pistons. So you knew you'd have like a focused Rashid and obviously he, he paid off for the team. And uh, as an aside here, before we move on to the second half of the, the draft, the, the bracket here, Ben, if you were, if you were in charge and only one of the Pistons best five alive, that group uh, of those players could get into the hall of fame. And it was all up to you on which one it would be Chauncey, Ben, Rashid Rip, if you want to throw Tayshawn in there, who would you pick out of those five? It's a good question. It's a real good question. I would say that the best player is Chauncey. Mm-hmm. Chauncey, Chauncey was able to maintain his success across the board. Um, when he after he left, uh, he was productive, like you mentioned earlier, with Carmelo on the Nuggets. I think he was relatively productive on the Knicks. And um, I don't think he was that great on the Clippers, but I also don't think he was playing too much. But he's always, he's always, uh, you know, a high, high, high basketball IQ guy, a high leadership guy. He's always a welcome guy in any locker room. So that's huge. And Ben Wallace, on the other hand, would be the other guy that I would consider um, as uh, of the two. I would only really consider two of those five to, to mm-hmm. really of, of the argument. Um, and I know Rashid could could definitely get some arguments too, but mm-hmm. um, I think Ben Wallace, maybe both of those guys, because we we had those guys longer, you know, like at least uh, you know on the way up. So maybe they mm-hmm. feel like more of my guys than than Rashid does, who came later, even though he was the man and probably maybe my favorite of the bunch. Um, but Ben Wallace, he was an icon. He was the guy that he was the face of the franchise. He was the hustle. He was the heart of the team. But ultimately, I think it comes down to if you could go to the Hall of Fame, put one of them into the Hall of Fame, I think Chauncey is the one that deserves it. I think that he's, uh, he's just the man. He's the best player of the bunch. He, he's, the, he's, the leader of the, he's the leader of the squad. Thanks again to Ben for helping us out. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We've got our guests lined up this weekend for 
next week's show, but we are looking for more people to finish off the bracket here. Come with your convincing arguments about why certain folks should move on and certain folks should hit the bricks. So get in touch with me at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. And uh, I'm sorry, that's my Twitter account. You could reach out to me on Twitter also, but email me at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at Yahoo.com if you are interested in helping us out. And, uh, yeah, just give me some of your thoughts and how long you've been watching the Pistons, and uh, we'll get into it uh, from there. So first come, first serve on those. But that wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.